think of one. And the little boy looked at me and goes, I'm guessing 42 years old. And I said, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you are now my best friend ever. It is amazing what we consider old. Young teenager was old, no say, well, 25 year old. You know, they're past, you know, they don't, they're, they're married or they're done school and everything, they're older now, you know. Yeah, the 25 year old, you know, it's like they're 40 something. And they're getting up there, you know. It's perspective, isn't it? We're in Venezuela, and uh, we look around there in the Amazon, and uh, I think it was one man that had gray hair. And he was kind of the elderly man. Chief. Of course, they don't know how old they are. They didn't keep track of birthdays and things along that line. It's not the culture of eight hours. But uh, they guessed he was probably in his 50s, that none lived past that because 50 is very old. And, and they just lived you know, at that 30 or 40-something age expectancy for life. And so you get to some countries where the water is not pure. There's a lot of diseases, a lot of things. And now all of a sudden, 25 is a midlife crisis. Think about that. Sometimes you ask elderly people and they'll say, Oh, you're 58, you're just a young kid. You didn't know what it's about yet. And I suppose there's truth to that. And you think about those ones. Age is, uh, is really relevant in our culture. We're always thinking about it. Uh, you ever notice 80-somethings and older, they start to think, maybe when you were five years old, you would say, I'm five and a half. I'm six. And you get 85, so you're 85 and a half. You know, when you're 50 years, you're 58. You know, you know, you have this little bit, I'm really feeling good about myself. Age is an important thing in our culture. The older people look at the younger people and they get frustrated with them. They just stand up and walk without pain. They get out of bed and don't read for the person yet. Over teeth. You know, the old people could get them in the car. I talked to my dad one day, and we'll see if it was a text. He said, uh, he was a short man, he wasn't real tall, he, I don't know, maybe, maybe five eight. And uh, before he died, he was probably about five five, five and a half, you know, maybe. And he kind of, all of a sudden, he's bowing over. He goes, I used to be taller. I was going over, and he's really bowing over. It's hard for him to lift his head up. Uh, you know, and, you know, the age goes to take these keepers. The body and it's like so it's go bad. So, this text addresses two people young and old. It addresses us to help us realize there's one thing we're supposed to do remember. Remember now your Creator. God also tells not the, just the younger, but later on in the text. And even as we get older, we're going to be having this mindset of remembering where we're at in life and to realize before long we're going to be going home to our home that everybody goes to. And uh, a few weeks ago when I was here, we had the last message I had here was Remember Me. We actually to have our thoughts on Christ. Isn't that interesting? God has to keep reminding us to remember Him. 
Why does God have to keep telling us, remember God, remember me, remember what benefits I give you. Remember I'm your, I'm your creator, I'm your savior, I'm, I'm your God. Israel, you know, they would do well for a while, and before long, it said they would forget. They would forget who bought them, who delivered them out of Egypt. How easy it is for us to forget, especially to the young. Remember now. Let's see. Ecclesiastes 12, when you start verse number 1, what you find out is there. I will respect the God's incredible word in Ecclesiastes 12, 1. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days, and the evil days come up, nor the years draw nigh, and that's what it is. I have no pleasure in that. What's he talking about? The days when you get older. So that's what he says the first two will follow. Well, the sun, or the light, or the moon, or the stars, those are the light givers, be not darkened, nor the clouds return after the rain. In the day when the keepers of the house are trembled, and the strong men shall bow themselves, and the grinders cease become characters. And those that look out the window will be darkened, the doors shall be shut in the streets. When the sound of grinding is low, he shall rise up and voice the bird. And all the gods of the music shall be brought below. For they shall be afraid of that which is high, and fear shall be in the way of the almond tree of words. The grasshopper shall be in burden. The desire shall fail, because man goes to his long home, and the mourners go about the streets. Wherever the silver cord be loose, the golden bowl be broken, the pitcher be broken at the fountain, or the wheel broken at the cistern. Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. Father, help me to be able to share the truths that are found in this text. Help me, Lord, Holy Spirit, to be able to speak so your people will understand and will be able to apply your word to our lives. Bring to my mind those things that you want me to share. And God, I pray that you're going to be honored in everything that is said and done. Thank you for what you'll do. I pray by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Remember me. God is calling out for all to do. Remember him. Especially when you're young. Especially when you're young. Why does God have to say to be young? We'll look back at the previous chapter, chapter 11, verse 9. He says, Rejoice, O young men, in your youth, and let thy heart Fear the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thy heart, and the sight of thine eyes. But, but know thou that for all these things God will bring you into judgment. Therefore, remove sorrow from your heart, and put away evil from your flesh. For childhood and youth are empty or vanity. So here again, God is addressing the young people in the church. As you know, when we think of young people, God says that. Foolishness can be bound inside of the heart of a child. This is when removes that from them. There's a nature we have in sinful nature that causes us to go in a direction often of what God would want. So he says to the young people, it's something I want you to remember. Remember me that I'm your creator. Just that very thought of Genesis 1. And what he brought forth, and we talked about this earlier in the year, it goes back again to the creation. And how important it is for a young person to understand that the Creator. Why do you think that the lost world is trying to teach the young people early on there's no God, we've evolved? 
because if you can remove God as creator and put in that you are your own God, you are the master, you are in charge of it all, then they're going to go forward through pride and the sinful nature that they have and will neglect to give God, God the glory and honor for being the creator. Well, we're on this trip, folks. You know, there's certain times you go to these places and you see creation in a, in a unique way. And you see these mountains and how majestic they are. And you see all these places that are just, it, it, it's just so beautiful. And you think that God said with his fingers, he created the moon and the stars. He ordained, put everything in order. And then we ask ourselves this question according to Psalm 8. What is man? What is man thou of my whole family, the son of man thou visitest him? And yet we elevate ourselves up. And, and when you see this all, you realize, God, you are incredible. To the young people, when you keep God as the creator, it then changes the mindset then that you go forward with. Because he is your creator, that makes him also your God. He is the one that is over top, so therefore we are under him. And that's why we have the message of God submit that we yield our heart, we yield our life to him. He is your church. We are to choose him. To what I think he is, and we choose him versus the evolution or victory or any other philosophy that the world will be given. is the choice that we make. And God says, remember me. Don't forget me. I'm your creator. I'm your God. It's the choice that you have. Because God is your, is your, is your, as your creator. When you choose him, he will then guide you. He will protect you. And he will keep you from the folly that is going on in this world. And will keep you from falling. Look over just a few, some rehearsal of some concepts we saw earlier in the study of Ecclesiastes. He's trying to give you and I the same perspective that they had in this time period, and because there's nothing new under the sun, that the American dream that we talked about is seen in this chapter, and it would address the young people. It's a little slow, but we don't want to talk to us for a moment. It's under verse 9, chapter 2, verse 9. Charles Grote, who's greater than Solomon, Increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Some had nothing, you know, and, and the gates and everybody else who you think of as very rich had nothing. Zippo compared to the, the wealth that Solomon had and the power that he had as a king. The list goes on. Also, by wisdom remained within me. Whatsoever my eyes desired, I kept not from them. I had not my heart from any joy. So my heart rejoiced at all my labor, and this was my portion of all my labor. Then I looked, and got it all. And then he looked. For all the works of my hands they brought. And brought. And on the labor that I had labored to do, and behold, all was vanity, and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. He again addresses the the, the sensation of, of the youth who seem to have their idols as the big stars, uh, the athletes that are making the millions and millions and millions of dollars, and they're thinking, if I just had that, then I would be happy. If everybody out there wanted to be me, then I'd be happy. 
And what he's saying is, people literally, for Solomon, came from afar just to see him. Just to hear him speak. It's like when Michael Jordan was behind the microphone, everybody stopped. What is this great man going to say? The man is someone said the greatest basketball player of all time. What what's he going to say? And every word is laid out. The other people are thinking, give me something to help me to be like you. And that's what's all in that. And he went, all the things, all the my all the all the that. And he looked said, the way vanity has a thought of trying to touch the air. It's impossible. It's not that you can go all day trying to grab the air and you're never going to catch it. And that's what he said, I've got all this stuff and it's like, nothing. It does nothing. And you think that's what's going to happen, make it happen. So you, that which is thrown at you through the media, thrown at you through the gaming, thrown at you through Facebook, thrown at you everywhere you turn, Get the mind focused on God the Creator. Because the only way you're ever going to be happy, and this is an older guy, and I'm going to have amen from older people who have experienced what you are experiencing, and they're going to say, listen to the preacher, if nothing else, I'm here, listen to those paragraphs. This is the way that changes everything. If you stop and realize God, Creator, he has the best in mind for me as a heavenly father, so therefore I'm going to listen just to him and not the media, you will be successful. Now, he's going to persist and say, oh, good, I'll get rid of it, I'll do it by way. He's saying that's not what's going to make you happy. I was laying there like second cousin. I was at my grandmother's funeral. He said, Carl, do And so he was there kind of, you know, Jeans, etc. Everyone all dressed up, and I said, "Yeah, well, I'm so well. I've been over years, and and uh, he said, you have an opportunity." I said, "No, I'm happy. And on the road, I'm the millionaire." Oh, I got some guys to work with you. He can tell you the worst thing that happened to me. But he doesn't have a friend in the world anymore. Every phone call I get is, "Hey, we're really having a hard time. The car broke down. Do you mind if I can you give me some money?" He goes, "I can't go back." Because I don't have a friend. There's nobody that wants to just come and hang out without talking about nothing. Because I hate my life now. He, he's looking at me at a funeral and he's saying, I don't even like my life. And I'm a millionaire. When we say this, God knows what he's talking about. It's empty. He says, I can buy a truck, I can buy a gold, I can buy another thing. I can get all that stuff that I want now. And it's going to really make me happy. It's going to break down. So you lose the thousands of dollars that you just bought. And he's bought that. But every single one of us is going to be empty. To put God first. Keep the morals right. Don't do things that down the road you're going to regret. Don't waste the brain on the drugs. Don't drink yourself. Put the girl on the Train. Take morning. You, you know, I'm just saying, America, they are raging a heart. I mean, it is nothing. 
in God's glory so that we could see all the world. They were saying, oh, this is amazing. Two days of sun, this is great. One of our so beautiful sun. The light when you don't have it. And what I'm trying to say here, I guess, is this. Because we're in your gym, and something breaks off to me, and you're like, 
You know the people when they just say yes to everything. That means they couldn't hear a word that you said. So why really take advantage of that? Okay, honey. Yeah. Yeah. He knows. He knows. I heard you say you're going to the store and buying a new dress. Okay. The years went to go. It's really interesting to say verse 4 about the rising up of the voice of the bird. Birds chirp pearls. They rob the down there, squawk, and make a noise. They're up early. And if you get older, you're going up earlier, it seems like. Earlier. Walmart, by the way. I remember going to Tigers. I was over there. I don't know what kind of day it was. I was over there. She goes, three things you're going to tell you right now. I am not a morning person. This is not my gift. I'm not up early like a lot of the older people, you know. I like sleeping in. She's with uh, many people, though. They're up early. And then verse 5, and they shall be afraid of that which is fine. Old people, stay off of ladders. Because you think you're 25, you're not, you're, you're, the balance isn't there, the bridge is there now, uh, and you just. Because we have so many people that are following because they're trying to go up ladders and things, and it's not you anymore. That's why you have brain kids. Send them up the ladder, make them do all these things. My poor mother-in-law, she's going to be here next week, my favorite mother-in-law. And uh, she's going to be here next week, her and Lily. Uh, and so, so, about a year ago, a few years ago now, uh, she decided she was going to something up really high. Uh, she was up this step, and she went straight backwards. In her head so badly, and uh, she was, she, you know, it went beyond just, you know, what normally would happen. Um, uh, so, what happened is she was a doctor then, uh, she lost all ability to smell and to taste after hitting her head. So, she lost a lot of weight and things like that because, you know, we'll be eating a steak and she'll be on paper again. She just doesn't. Can't smell, can't taste, right? And because you're in, because you shouldn't get up on this ladder when she was, you know, eight years old. And so, so we do, we don't have that ability. So there starts to be the fear. And I'm noticing when I'm coming down from my walk and I had just put up my garage, when I'm coming down, I'm going a little slower than I did when I was three. We start getting a little bit more cautious of heights as we get older. This is all part of this. And it also talks about. In the way. The common trees that have flourished uh, might not be something you would catch quickly with this one, um, but when you think of the almond tree, the blossoms will be that of a white gray color. So you're dealing with the gray hairs that are starting to flourish if you have hair to turn gray. The almond tree, dealing with the, the age of, and the gray hairs, and that's the color. It, then, then you're still blonde or brunette. Or redhead, and you're good. Don't be a burden. I, I, I agree with the amplified interpretation of this, where they, not everybody did, but I would really see it that the grasshopper is just a little thing, a little locust, and we would know it is more of a locust. This locust is a wee little thing, and yet this wee little thing becomes a burden to you. The little things become. So little people are looking at little people and like, this is not that funny. We can do it twenty times a day, you know. If we don't put on thirty hourly, it's just like, oh my God, this is true. And this is really, really hard. So I call 
I called people up and I said, hey, my kids, let's come over and visit you today at the house. And they'll be like, no, you can't come today. And I'm like, why? And they'll be like, I've got a doctor saying you need to come call. Okay, we got all day here, but, but I gotta go to the doctor today because I was gonna have to get there. So they want to give me medicine, and I'm gonna go to the pharmacy and pick up that medicine. And it's gonna be about noon, so then we gotta stop to eat. And then we come home from eating, got food. And as we're going sleeping, it's about supper time. So let's get cooked in there, and I gotta eat again. And we get to bed at 8, 8.30 because we're up at 4, 4.30, so the day is gone. I'm going to go on to the day. That's just in the morning. So we can go to The desires are going to start fail. The things that you used to enjoy, things comparing to the physical pleasures, the appetite, all those desires is like you own desire anymore. It's, 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 it's gone. Remember, friend, one of my, uh, one of my first church, he said, Carl, you know, he said, and I said this before, he said, Carl, trust me, you can see this desire in me, you know, I have this, I have this vehicle, you know, he came there, and he said, Carl, you're going to learn my thing. You order your gift to let that you need. When we're younger, we need all this stuff, and then we get older, so like, who cares? Oh, you just bought this? Good for you. I really have no desire for it anymore, and it doesn't matter anymore. And you say, but no, I need this, because I need to impress everybody. When you get older, nobody you want to impress. There's no changes that you're trying to keep up with. There's nothing. It's just like, oh, you got something new? Good for you. That's on that thing, you know? I thought, oh, my God, this is where I am. He was told me up. He told me up. We were talking about vehicles and the property you left in the money. You didn't know this, but I'm just like you. Buying a new vehicle is an out-of-body experience because we hate car loans. He goes, I'm like you. I just want to just, uh, when it comes to buying another vehicle. So he's like, ah, this is a piece of cake. It's really, really easy. But for some of us, it's like, eh, there's no real desire. Can't figure out what you want and all that. Desires start to change when they begin to, to fail. He goes on to verse number six. It says, Oh, the silver cord, I want you to notice these words. Loose, the golden bowl be broken. It could be broken, the fountain or the wheel broken at the pitches. So we have all of these items, but all of them are broken or not used anymore. And then all these people say to me, I just feel like I can't be used anymore. It's as though the wheel that we were once on is now broken, and I don't feel like I can do anything anymore. I hear this is a nursing home. They get depressed. It's a hardship because they want to be in the car. They want to be driving. They want to be active. They want to be able to do those things that they did just a matter of years ago, but the body isn't allowing it anymore. The mind, the capacity is just not there anymore. Because everything is failing within. And all these things are beginning to break down. And we can't be used the way we once were. Don't you remember, those of you, and this is where the encouragement begins to come in. Don't you start to, to realize, you are still here. You're still vertical. You can become an incredible prayer warrior. 
Say, I love my grandma and grandpa, but I'll constantly send you know, so they're constantly saying, I pray for you every day. I mean, that's a labor. You know, God says that prayer is a labor. It's a work that we do for other people. And much is done as a result of that. He goes on in verse number six. It says, uh, all battles are broken in verse 17. Then they shall the death return to the earth as it was. Hmm. Does that go back to Genesis? Chapter 2. When God goes through the detail of man's creation, how he formed out of the earth the dust of the ground, and he breathed into man's nostrils the what? Breath of life. The spirit is then breathing from God to man. So, in creation, the dust turns to life. In this, the physical life turns back to Dust to life, life to dust. That's the physical bond. And that's what we know is coming. When we see all these physical things starting to happen, we realize the time clock is almost ready to stop. That our life is done. But you're not. Because you're not made of just physical. That's what the world would like to say. That's what the evolutionists would like to say. You're nothing but a glorified animal. God's word, even here in time, Ecclesiastes says, you're more than just physical. There is a mind and a spirit within you that God has created, and God gave it to you. In verse number seven, the last part is where God gets into the matter of the spirit of man, not the Holy Spirit but the spirit of man that will one day return unto God who gave it. So the spirit then returns to God. God imparted it into you, the physical, whenever you were made at conception. At conception, you became a human being. And God is the one that places it into the body of man. That's why the spirit is the most important part of you and I. That is one thing in the New Testament. Is I pray your spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get which word he used first. The spirit. The eternal part of you is so important because your outward man is changing. Inward part is eternal. God made you to be eternal. Throw the philosophy of evolution completely out. They would disagree with it. They would say, no, we're just an animal. We're just a glorified uh, ape. And yet we see no making one. We see no connection between these two different species. We cannot be linked to them because we were uniquely made by God and there is nothing else like us on this earth. And no other creation was given the precious blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us from our sins. We are human in God's sight. We are human as an individual. The Spirit is that which God saves. Thus, I will pray with the 
Spirit. I will pray with the understanding of I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with the understanding also. God bless the God. We're going to do this next year. First Corinthians 2, getting into some detail about the Spirit of God and how He works inside of us to help us to understand the very Word of God to bring the transformation in our lives. God is dealing with the Spirit of man. And that is what we see to those who will come to know Christ as Savior. The Spirit of man returns back to God for what? For judgment. Every human being has something inside of them that they know there is something greater than they are. So again, I reference the Amazon. Where the Amazon? Trust me, they have all over the They have all these things that they do, and they have all these idols that they worship. And they're, they're in India, they have hundreds of thousands of them over there. They all have something that they feel out there that is out there greater than they are. That is God waiting inside of them to say, I am. I am. Believe in me. But they need to hear the truth of the gospel to truly understand and be saved. That's why we send our dear missionaries out like the cross to our visitors today to send them out to reach the nations, to give them the truth of who God is as the Creator, Lord God, who sent His Son to die on the cross. So every one of us will give an account as, as God to God, who is our judge, and He is our judge. And we will have some judgments, and God says we're going to judge Asians, we're going to judge the world, we're going to be overseeing everything. But this judgment that we're talking about is God's and God's alone. Jesus said that all judgments, all things are given to Him. That's why we will stand as a judgment to the Christ the believer, and the law will stand as a great white throne judgment to be judged by Jesus Christ to be cast into the world of fire. So, the lost will go to hell. Be brought before Jesus Christ at the great way from judgment and to be cast into the lake of fire, which is where the where Satan, the uh, false prophet, and the Antichrist will all be one day. And that's when all things are going to be made new after that is done. So God creates each snowflake uniquely in design and size. God has made every one of us uniquely. Not one of you are the same. To bring honor to Him in the good way. That you, not your spouse, not your kids, you, not your parents, you are uniquely made for the very purpose of bringing honor to God. It made you perfect with the spirit of who you are inside you, created you for the very purpose. He said in Revelation 4 and that all things are created for His pleasure. They are and were created. You are made uniquely. And you and your own personality, your own way, your own energy, or lack of it, will honor God the way you are made. And not one is better than another. I agree. You are made. The question is, are you honoring them? I was looking for young people. Remember God is your creator. Honor him. That's why you're here. You're not here to get rid of You might get rid someday, but you don't care for it. You may have all these things that everybody wants, but it doesn't have you. It all has the stuff. Has the stuff. Use the stuff to love people. Don't love yourself and use people. That's the difference between you and America. 
God created. He will use us for all of eternity with the spirit that He has made us to be. So when we get to heaven, you're still you. Thanks for me. Because the spirit that God gave you when you were conceived is not back to be with Him, never into the brain, and body, and death, and after, and all that. But for all you, 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 as an individual, it's not like you become different. You're you. We're going to have this, I mean, the whole island. The island. Maybe you know who you are. God says in first Thessalonians 2, that with my comfort, joy, and proud rejoicing, isn't you in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ in the coming? We're going to know each other. You're going to know my character. I think you're going to know who your husband. You're going to know that thing. You're going to see each other. And we're going to be understanding who we are. Why would God take that beautiful privilege alone? It's a beautiful thing. You are going to be there. And we're going to be working for them and serving them for all eternity. We will have the same hope, mind, for all of eternity. For the Christian to grow old is a privilege. Now I know privilege. And I'll tell you a couple of biblical reasons why. Because we always think getting old is a curse. Does anybody here not know that you're going to die? Or have you asked her? Does anybody not get that to know yet? Okay? Okay, the Lord doesn't return before, you know, I'm going to be out here. I don't know if it's Nathan will probably be part of my funeral. And, and my son-in-law, Mark, my kids, you know, and, and so I may have to do my own funeral for I have last year. So it's a privilege. God says when we honor our parents, our days are no longer. Old age is something that is shown in the scriptures as a blessing, not a curse. The Christian says that when we fear God, wisdom brings longer life according to Proverbs, the fool by will. The real stupid. The wise man, because he followed God's path, will live longer as a result. For the Christian, we have the privilege to help mentor young people. Old people are a blessing to the younger. Read Titus in chapter number two. Both engaged men and women are told to teach the younger men and women how to live for God, how to walk with God. So they are then imparting the wisdom, the experience that they have. Old people hang out with old people. We're not that bad. And you're going to learn some stuff. Go over to grandma and grandpa. You know, you're going to learn sometimes about what to do. You know, don't do all that. Okay? But, but you find a godly example with them, learn from them. What would you do in this situation? That's the Christian. For the Christian getting older, but some help us real, real quick as, as a church. We all have physical problems. We, we all have that. You know, we, we know that. There's a lot of burdens that we have. Um, but I fear that 
the decay of the body becomes something that is so negative in our lives that we do not see any positive at all. That when we want to talk about it, our injuries and our problems and the negatives that are going on in the body, and there is no focus sometimes on what spiritually God is doing in your life. And it may be because all you're dealing with is the negativity we call the organ recital. You know what an organ recital is? And I'm going to tell you about the kidney, and let me tell you about my liver, and let me tell you about my stomach, and let me tell you about my heart, and all the other organs that we got, okay? And I, I don't know, we want to talk about our physical body, and I, I understand that. But it's almost like that's what we want to talk about. I pray that as I get older, I want to talk about God and what God is doing in my life. And answer prayers. And just when I get to see you, not long because I've got cancer and the doctor's given me six months to live, and I get to see my mom and my dad, and I get to see Jesus move my heart. That's what we to see him. So if you're here, you're in the world with a whole lot of surveillance. This is a miracle. Let me tell you about Jesus. God has given me strength and power to get through it. He has given me grace and mercy, and I believe that God is helping me through all of that. Let me tell you about Jesus. Who are you that believe more? We've got bigger problems. We all do. Bigger, bigger than 25. For the last, so. Those who do not know God, old age still comes. The old age is going to bring fear. Fear of death, by the way, the Christian does not fear death. The fear of seeing the one and only judge, but we, the Christians, don't fear seeing our one and only judge. The one who they understand created them because the spirit was given to them by God. What it made them who they really are. And what they refused to believe in, rejected him over and over again. And now, in old age, it brings the anxieties, the angers, the fears, the confusions. Because they are going to their long waited home, the grave, with all that has been broken and lost. Is finally destroyed. And there, for them, is where there is no more hope. God doesn't want anyone to perish. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God provided a way of salvation. He loves you. He sent his son for you. This is the worldview. How do we see our bodies as we get older? All that is thrown in us from every other commercial is another medicine. And remember when you were kids, you didn't see these commercials for all these drugs? And then you go through all the, and the side effects of these drugs are We have a lot, and we're in the northern part, and uh, there was a place this guy was supposed to describe. And it's, uh, it's wolf faith. So it's wolf faith. 
and this guy was like, hey, you're going to see this little pup that you're so active and has a blue collar on here, you know, what other names for that group or the early days. And I had a new name for it, Mother of All Pups. He said, hey, we're telling the people, don't don't get around at all because literally, if you eat it, it's not getting a couple hours. And he says, I'm looking over here in this lady. She's taking the pills off of one of them, stuffing them into her cigarette pack. And he says, no, you're not that stupid. Turn levels of dumb person at every level of them possible. So, you have to go, I don't want to get some home for my husband. You look at this stuff and you say, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. It's going to come soon enough. You know, we're that time, so we're going to be waiting to see what you have. Are you ready? Tell me about the story of the people in, I think, Northern Kentucky that lost three, three of their kids on fire, and how the parents were praising God through it all, and the grandfather had an incredible message to the people. And they addressed it as God gives hope, even in death. You have hope. You have hope. Father, your word is amazing. Thank you for it. Thank you for your glory and honor. And I pray, Lord, that we'll learn good things as we study your word as we go on. That we will be prepared to see you one day, Lord. But the day that is going to be when we finally get to see you face to face. And I pray, Lord, that each one in this room is ready because they have believed in Jesus Christ. Now, thank God, I suppose if you're here, is it that girl? No, we look at Is it that girl? That's me. I'm not saved. I'm not by present my heart. I'm not recognizing as a creator, my God, and I need to believe in Jesus Christ that He died for my sin and rose again. I want to pray. And you can do it right now where you're seated. Just go to God. I say, I say, God, I know that I'm a sinner in your sight. And I know that's why you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. I now invite you into my heart to save me and wash away my sin. Give me eternal life that when I die or you return, my spirit is going to return to you. I'm God who made me and created me. Help me now, Lord, from this day forward to serve you all the days of my life. Help me, Lord, to take you first. Guide me in my life. Help me with decisions. May I put you first in everything that is going to be happening before me. If you pray that in the Christ, and we really rejoice with you. Please let me know when the ushers after the service. We'd be glad to meet with you, pray with you, encourage you in any way that we possibly can. Let's sing together.